Hello and welcome to the Mr. Brown podcast, where I reflect on my journey as an early career teacher with a special focus on mental health. I am your host, James Brown. Good morning. I always start these episodes with a good morning, but I'm not perfectly happy with it because though I record these episodes on a Saturday morning, you might not be listening to them on a morning. You might be listening to them in the afternoon or the evening or just before you go to bed. So for you, it might not be the morning. So how else could I start these episodes? Just a plain old hello. I don't know, seems a bit rubbish. So I'm open for suggestions. Please let me know what you think. How could I start these episodes? In a more inclusive way. So I think it'll be a shortish episode today. Now I sometimes say that at the start, but until I reach the end, I don't really know whether it's going to be short. The reason I think it will be short today is because whereas I usually discuss two or three experiences or questions that I have. Today it's just going to be one, but I think I'll do a bit of a deeper dive into it. So we'll just see. We'll see how deep that dive goes, but I anticipate the episode will still be slightly shorter than usual. Hence this long preamble. It's padding. I'm doing it unconsciously, but without further ado, let's get into it. The question I'd like to raise with you today is whether it's okay to moan about students with other members of staff. Now, when I first got into teaching, at my very first placement school last year during my PGCE, I remember being a bit taken aback by some of the conversations I heard in the staff room. Teachers, some teachers, just outright bitching about students. And I didn't know what to make of this. I thought at first that this was a bad thing. I thought that there must be something wrong about speaking about students this way. It can't be good. It must contribute maybe to a toxic environment. I don't know. I wasn't sure, but my, but my gut instinct told me that this can't be right, can it? But then, with a bit more time, I think I came to see it as venting. So for those teachers who were having a bit of a moan about students, what they were doing was letting off steam. It was a form of catharsis for them, a release. If they just had a a lesson that had been made difficult by a particular student, to be able to come into the staff room and have a moan about that student with another teacher almost gave them some resolution, helped them process it, perhaps helped them get over it. So in this way, teachers were almost functioning as one another's counsellors or therapists. And so that got me thinking that maybe if a teacher has a bad experience with a student, can then go vent with a colleague at lunchtime in the staff room. Maybe that helps them return to the classroom with a better frame of mind. 
So maybe then this moaning among teachers about certain students, the troublesome ones, maybe it served a purpose. It had some utility. Maybe it wasn't all bad. And when I got thinking about this again recently, ahead of this episode, it got me thinking about something which I read in Sapiens, the book by Yuval Noah Harari. And it's a fantastic book, one of the best non-fiction books I have ever read. It's essentially a history, an overview of our species. And I'd highly recommend it. It starts with the cognitive revolution, so why our species suddenly became clever, and moves through the agricultural revolution, the unification of humankind, the scientific revolution, and then on into speculating about where our species may go next. Really fantastic book. But during that first section on the cognitive revolution, Harare spends some time talking about language. And I'd like to read to you a passage. So here's the question that Harare is considering here. He says, a parrot can say anything Albert Einstein could say, as well as mimicking the sounds of phones ringing, doors slamming and sirens wailing. Whatever advantage Einstein had over a parrot, it wasn't vocal. What then is so special about our language? That's the question he's considering in this section. He considers one theory that states that our language is special because it's very supple and it allows us to communicate facts about the world around us. For example, careful, there's a lion over there, or look, there's a bison over there. But it's the second theory that's most relevant for us here. So I'm going to read to you a few paragraphs. A second theory agrees that our unique language evolved as a means of sharing information about the world. But the most important information that needed to be conveyed was about humans, not about lions and bison. Our language evolved as a way of gossiping. According to this theory, Homo sapiens is primarily a social animal. Social cooperation is our key for survival and reproduction. It is not enough for individual men and women to know the whereabouts of lions and bison. It's much more important for them to know who in their band hates whom, who is sleeping with whom, who is honest, and who is a cheat. The gossip theory might sound like a joke, but numerous studies support it. Even today, the vast majority of human communication, whether in the form of emails, phone calls, or newspaper columns, is gossip. It comes so naturally to us that it seems as if our language evolved for this very purpose. Okay, so that's the so-called gossip theory regarding the origin of language. So in a nutshell, our species evolved with such a sophisticated system of language to enable us to communicate information about one another to one another. Gossip. Now that meant, effectively, that instead of having to wait to be stabbed in the back by someone before realising that they're not to be trusted. Instead, you could talk to other people and get the information from them, secondhand as it were. So now you know to be wary of that person, 
the backstabber without having to get stabbed in the back yourself. So you can see how this would confer a survival advantage to those who have developed this means of communication. Now, how does this relate to teaching? Well, I think that when a member of staff moans to another member of staff about a student, that would qualify as gossip, given a fairly broad definition. It would allow the recipient of the gossip to be wary of particular students without ever having taught them. And this, within the context of a school, may confer upon that teacher a survival advantage. If they go into a classroom knowing who the key characters are, or the high-profile students are, whichever way you want to say it, because they've been warned about them beforehand by other members of staff, then that may help that teacher navigate that classroom environment more safely. And when I say safely, I don't mean that this teacher is in danger of being attacked or anything, as may occur in the state of nature. I just mean that the teacher may be in a stronger position to ensure that learning occurs in that classroom because they know which students they need to be wary of in terms of bad behaviour. So perhaps that's what's happening. That's the utility from a teacher's point of view of gossiping or moaning about students in the staff room. But let's think for a moment about the student in question. Let's consider their point of view. Suppose they have a bad lesson or a run of bad lessons, or a bad year, bless them, in terms of behaviour. And every teacher who's taught them has, by the end of that year, pretty much communicated or gossiped to every other teacher in the school about that student. And now every teacher in the school knows to be wary of them. And many of these teachers immediately crack down on this student, but even the slightest sign of trouble. I think, first of all, that this will diminish the student's experience of school. They'll certainly feel less free and perhaps less happy. This may result in more bad behaviour. But the real danger is that teachers write this student off and this student doesn't get as many chances or opportunities as other students. Now, I'd like to direct you to another podcast. It's a wonderful podcast. It's called The Blind Boy Podcast. And the episode in particular is called Basil's Fart Carnival. I can't remember why it's called that. In fact, sometimes the episodes seem to have names that don't relate at all to their content. But in any case, it's a great podcast. I'd highly recommend it in general. But in that particular episode, Blind Boy, the host, talks about his experience at secondary school. And he tells a story of how he, like the student I just described, behaved badly and ended up being written off by teachers. Teachers who he didn't even know, but they'd heard about him in the staff room. But he wanted to turn things around. He started working hard and he achieved the grades required to move, I think, from a a middle set to a top set. But because he had this bad reputation, he 
was unable to do so. He wasn't afforded the same opportunities as other students. And this massively diminished his experience at school. So I won't tell any more of the story because he tells it much better than I do. I really recommend that episode. Again, it's Basil's Fart Carnival on the Blind Boy podcast. But I think the moral of the story is that we're not dealing with fully formed adult individuals. Our students are children or teenagers. They're growing and they're perhaps growing more than at any other time in their lives. And to grow, you need to be afforded the opportunity to get things wrong and to correct your mistakes and to improve. But if a student gets something wrong, maybe badly wrong, and then via gossip every teacher in the school finds out about it, that student may not be granted the opportunity to make things right. That's the danger. And if we do that as teachers, we're essentially inhibiting the growth of our students, and that's to be avoided at all cost. So to sum up, the pros and cons of gossiping about students in the staff room. The pros, perhaps it allows teachers to vent and thereby gives them some form of catharsis, helps them process those negative feelings, clear their heads and return to the classroom in a better frame of mind. Moaning or gossiping about students may also convey important information about certain students so that teachers can be wary of those students and perhaps put certain systems in place to mitigate any bad behaviour from the student. Those are the pros. Now the cons, if the teacher becomes so wary of the student that they end up giving that student fewer opportunities, even by just being less patient with them, then that could massively inhibit that student's growth. And so it's clear that there's an important balance to be struck here. And I don't know entirely how to strike that balance. Where should the line be drawn? It seems okay to say about a student, oh, so-and-so really annoyed me today. So irritating. That might be okay. But to call the student names, if we say instead, oh, so-and-so is a real idiot, or so-and-so is horrible, maybe that would be a step too far. Because in the first example, oh, so-and-so really irritated me today. The irritation has the caveat of today. That means that that student on that day was irritating. It's not to write the student off as irritating always. So perhaps that's better than just outright saying that the student is irritating or saying, oh, that student always gets on my nerves. That would be worse. But then, of course, if you enter the staff room and say, oh, so-and-so really irritated me today and you do that every day, then I'm sure the effect would ultimately be the same. So it's difficult. And I'd be very interested to hear your thoughts on this one. What do you think about staff room gossip or staff room moaning about students? Does it serve an important function or is it always negative?
where should we draw the line? This episode took a couple of hours to produce, a bit less than that. But usually they take a couple of hours, and usually I produce two or three episodes a month. If you think that work is worth at least the price of a coffee, two to three pounds, once a month, then please consider becoming a patron and helping me cover the cost of producing the podcast. I think it's around £13 a month. I'm not asking you for £13 a month, that'd be silly. That's what I pay currently to produce the podcast. It's just, those are the hosting costs. So any contribution, however small, would be appreciated. I'll leave the link to my Patreon page in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please spread the word in person and on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at MrBrownPod or email MrBrownPod at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate and review in your directory of choice. Please also consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash MrBrownPod and helping me cover the cost of producing the podcast. Thank you and talk again soon.